Meditation is the recipe. I just gotta take my time. I just gotta pray your meditation is the recipe. What is up, Cap family? How are you guys doing this today? I hope you guys are uh, having a good week, a good start to the semester. I'm so excited for today's episode. Guys, there is so much encouragement. There's so much to look forward to in 2023. Um, and I think that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about what 2023 has in store for us today and and why we look forward to 2023 so much. And we're going to come at it from a biblical perspective. We're going to talk of God's goodness. Uh, and I just hope that you guys are encouraged today. If this is your first time listening to The Cap, I'm so excited that you guys uh, checked it out. I hope you guys like it and find encouragement through it. Uh, if this is not your first time, welcome back. I'm so excited to 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 see you guys. If you guys ever want to reach out, like always, reach me out. Uh, reach out to me on Instagram at rsmets19. I'd love to connect with you guys and talk with you. But man, okay. So what what are we talking about today? You see, okay, making all things new. There is so much excitement surrounding 2023. Maybe it was because 2022 felt so bleak. Uh, maybe it's because 2023 is the year of the hokey. Just kidding, guys. Uh, casual joke there. But man, we we look forward to new beginnings so much. And as I was si- sitting here thinking about what I wanted to talk about in this episode, this this idea of making things new just really kept being pressed upon my heart. And so I really wanted to dig into the scripture today to figure out, okay, what does the Bible actually have to say about making all things new. So first off, Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023. I hope you find today's word encouraging. Um, but this is today's premise of the podcast. And we're going to start out in 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21. Uh, so let me open us up with a word of prayers and then we'll dive right into it. Heavenly Father, you are so, so good. Thank you so much for 2023, Lord. I, I just pray that Whoever's listening today, Lord, that they would hear my words, and but they're not my words, they're yours. Uh, and I just pray that they would be encouraged by what they're hearing today, Lord. I pray that you would use your word and be divided up however many different ways, Lord, and speak to whoever's listening and give them exactly what they need to hear for 2023. I pray that they would find encouragement. I pray, Lord, that no matter where they are in their faith, Lord, that they would come to know you on a deep and intimate relationship, Lord. I pray that they would come to see of your goodness, Lord, of your personal and intimate nature for them and your desire to have a love relationship with them, Lord. You continually reach out to us, Lord, and I just pray that in 2023, we can just come to know you and love you more the way that you love us, Lord. Lord, speak to us through your word today. I pray for our seasons. If they're in off season, we're prepping for a new season or we're in the middle of a season, Lord, I just pray that you would encourage us, Lord, and allow us to to give all the glory and the honor and praise to you in every single thing that we do, Lord. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, so 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21, Paul is writing a letter to the church in Corinth. And he says something here that I really thought it stuck out to me, but it's talking about making things new. So I'm going to read from, from this today and we'll kind of dissect it as we go. But it says, therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Let me read that again. That is so good. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That would be, that's so cool, guys. All things have become new in Jesus. Continuing on, he says, 
Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to them us the word of reconciliation. What does that mean? I'm going to read that again. It says, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Here again, it says, That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing trespasses to them. So I think what's interesting about that is is that's a picture of the cross, guys. It's saying that when Jesus was on the cross, we who were once separated have now been rejoined with Christ because of Jesus' redeeming work on the cross. And for those of you that don't, maybe aren't familiar with Christianity or don't fully understand the picture, Romans 3, 23 through 24 says that for all have fallen short of the glory of God. We all are sinners. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so Jesus, nailed to the cross, had to bring us and reconcile us back to God because sin separates us from God. God is a holy God. God is so holy, in fact, that it says that he is holy, holy, holy. It's the only time that an attribute of God is used three times. It's saying he's holy, holy, holy. And we, being sinful, are separated from God eternally because of our sinful nature. God cannot be in the presence of us because of our sinful nature. But Jesus, giving up some of the deity and returning to earth to live a perfect life, he lived the same life that you and I do. He, he came back to earth fully God and fully man. And he lived the perfect life, all for the purpose so that when he was on the cross, he could take your sins, my sins, and the sins forevermore and the sins of forever past. And he reconciled them. He took them on himself and made a way for us to be reconciled back to God. That's what this verse is saying here is that that when we are reconciled back to, to Jesus, it is because of the work of Jesus on the cross that he took on all of our sins and made a way for us to have eternal life through him. And so through Jesus's work on the cross, what the verse is saying here is that, like I said, in verse 17, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Man, that is so, so encouraging. And there's something beautiful in the fact that we, by ourselves, we cannot make ourselves good. If, if that was us and if Jesus had not come, that would be me on the cross. That would be you on the cross. And yet we wouldn't be dying for the sins of the world. We'd be dying for our own sins because that would be the only way to atone for them. We see this in the Old Testament law that the Israelites had to sacrifice a lamb because blood had to be atoned for their sins. And so we see that in the in Bible that Jesus was called the Lamb of God because he came in the New Testament and he died living the perfect life died on the cross and became our lamb that shed his blood for us. And so because of Jesus's work, now we are made new. And man, that is so, so encouraging. Romans 6, 11 through 14, it says this. It says, Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Meaning that, that guys, it's time to stop sinning. Jesus has made a way. We are dead to sin, but we are alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lusts. Do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust. Continuing on, it says in verse 13, And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. 
Guys, without Jesus hanging on the cross, we would be stuck forever separated from God because there would be no way. But God, the Bible says, in his foreknowledge, predestined a way for us to be made whole and right to come back to God and to share an eternal life with him. A loving picture of a loving God that made a way for us when there was no way. Finishing off that verse that says, For sin shall have no dominion over you, for you are not under law but under grace. Guys, under law, like I was saying, blood had to be atoned for in the Old Testament, but Jesus dying on the cross made way with grace. And he says, my grace is sufficient for you. No matter what you've done, no matter what your sin looks like, my grace, Jesus said, is sufficient for you. We are to go and sin no more. And I think that's that's so cool, guys. Moving into 2023, moving into our new seasons, we, we are made new. There is no reason to be stuck in the shame and the sin of our past. Whether it's a new year, whether it, whatever it is, we find these superficial things to because we recognize that we want to be made new. There's something stirring inside of us that recognizes that, ah, hey, I messed up. I, I need something. I need something, some way to try again and be made new. And so what's interesting about these new beginnings is that whether it be a new year, a new season, whatever it is, we recognize that at some point along the way we failed. Maybe you don't recognize right now that you are a sinner. Maybe you don't, maybe that, that doesn't hit yet. But my guess is that, take for example, if you're a pitcher, everybody can hopefully relate to baseball, hopefully. Um, but let's say you're a pitcher. Have you ever thrown a ball before? Or do you only throw strikes? Now, I can guarantee you that you have thrown a ball before. You say, no, man, I want to be perfect. I want to, you know, every inning, I want to throw nine pitches, all strikes, all strikeouts. Does that ever happen? Once in a great blue moon, it's called an immaculate inning. That rarely happens. We recognize that, oh, maybe that's the goal. If I can throw nine pitches, three strikes for three batters, get three outs, I can go sit down. But when does that ever happen? We, we are always trying to attain perfection, but rarely do we ever reach it. And so the same thing is being made known through God's word right now as he's saying that you tried to reach perfection, but, but you didn't even come close. I, I can probably say for more than you, guys, I am so far gone. I, I'm not even in the same realm of close to being perfect. But Jesus dying on the cross took our place and made us new. So when Jesus looks at me, because I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, he doesn't see me by my sin. He sees me as his son made new that, that I get to have eternal relationship with Jesus. And that's something that's been made available to you as well. That all you have to do is proclaim salvation and proclaim faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And the Bible says today that you will have eternal life. That's what I want for your 2023. That's what I want for your upcoming season, for your teammates' upcoming season, is to say that that not that you reached perfection in one inning and got nine pitches and three strikeouts. No, no, no. I want perfection for you to be a true, intimate love relationship with Jesus Christ. We are made new through Christ's redeeming work on the cross. Okay, great. Ryan, I got it. I, I want to have a relationship with Jesus. I, okay, what does that look like? I thought you were talking about sports here, like... You kind of went off on a tangent. Okay, yeah, true, but we must remain in the word of God. And when I, I said that word remain, and, and I got to tell you guys a story. So my junior year, this was COVID year, I guess when COVID actually started to hit. But man, I walked into that that year, guys, and that was probably the worst I've ever been spiritually, worst I've ever been physically, emotionally drained. I didn't know what to do. 
And so I, we always seem to start our, uh, our season someplace warm, it seems like. So we started our, our season, I think, down in Florida during, uh, during this particular season. And when we're in the hotel, it's so tough to maintain a routine. But I was just like, all right, first game of the season, like I need my routine. I need a time with Jesus. And, and I just wanted to pray for the season. And so I'm sitting by the pool early one morning um, before our first game. And I opened up my Bible and I was about to read John 15. And John 15 is, for those of you that know, it's, it says that I am the true vine. I want to read it because I think it's so powerful and it's so clear. Aha, here it is. But this concept of remaining was something that felt attainable in the moment. When my faith didn't feel strong, when my body felt weak, um, and truthfully, I was emotionally drained and didn't know how I was going to minister to my team um, and be the light that God calls us to be, I came across this passage and I thought it was just such a beacon of hope and a beacon for a mission field of what my season needed to look like. But it's John 15, and so I'm going to read it. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. These are the words of Jesus, by the way. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken in you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So right off the bat, we see this picture of a, of a vine and a branch. And what he's saying is that once that branch falls to the ground, it, it can bear no fruit. It is apart from its source. In the same way that when you and I stray from the word of God, we cannot bear fruit for the Lord. We cannot point others to the Lord because we ourselves are not being filled by the word of God. And so that to me hit me so deep of abide in me and I will in you. So my first job as a believer, as someone that's trying to minister to my team in my upcoming season, when I didn't feel good physically, when I didn't feel good mentally, and I didn't feel good emotionally or spiritually, my first role was to abide in the Lord and abide. I love that word because to be, to me, abide is just rest. When, when I am weak, he is strong. And so I love that word abide, abide in me. And then it goes on to say, and I, in you, Okay, if I am within the Lord, then the Lord is also in me. And that is, that is confidence. In my weakness, the Bible says, his power is made perfect through our weakness. I love that. And going on, it says in verse 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Whew. That's pretty, pretty clear as day when it says, he abides in me and I in him. He who bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Going on, it says, If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done. Let me read that again. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. And so we see that we love, we love picking onto that of, of, of that saying that says, oh, if, if you abide in me, whatever you want, it will be done for you. And we recognize that, okay, well, what does that actually mean? What is Jesus trying to tell us? It's a promise to us. Absolutely. But our abiding in him and remaining in him, when we stay close to the word of God and seek to fix our eyes on Jesus, the desires of the world seem to fade away. So what you truly desire is not 
oh, I want success. Oh, I want to play. Oh, I want this. I want that. No, no, no. My desire when I remain and abide in the Lord is I want more of him. All I do, all I, all I want, guys, is more of him. That is the thing about Jesus that I think is so captivating is that when you truly enter into a love relationship with him and you understand that he is not calling you by your sin, he's calling you by the grace in which he died on the cross for you is that he has made you new and we are to abide in him and all I want is more of him. The contrary to that, as it says, is that any branch that is withered and away from the vine, they gather and they throw them into the fire and they're burned. And it's a picture of what happens when we stray from the Lord is that, yes, through the Lord, we have eternal salvation and eternal life. But apart from the Lord, there's a reality that hell does exist and that we will be eternally separated from God if we choose that. And so there's a promise there, absolutely. But we have to have the hope that abiding in the Lord is what's best for us. But then the challenge becomes of abiding in the Lord is that when we abide in the Lord, our abiding in the Lord should also compel us to love our teammates differently, to love those around us differently. When I didn't feel my best, when I was emotionally drained, spiritually drained, physically drained, the one thing that I could do was abide in the Lord and let that overflow. And that's a challenge, absolutely. But my first and ultimate goal is to make his name known. That's, that's it, guys, to make his name known. But when you're in the desert, when you're feeling drained, he promises, he promises to stay with us. I love this verse, and this I think will be my verse of the year. And it was, it was so cool how it came about because um, I, was, I was praying about it. And this was the verse that I came across. And I was like, wow, this really hits me. And then that night, our pastor preached on it uh, at our young adult service. And I was like, okay, God, I, I get it. This, I think, think this is it. But it's an encouragement. I wanted to share it with you guys. But it's Isaiah 43, 19. It says, behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Behold, guys, I am doing a new thing. That is his promise to us. And I love that. When Jesus says that he is doing a new thing, when God makes that promise to us, how can we not trust that? Some of you guys probably feel like you haven't heard the voice of the Lord in a long time. You feel like you haven't heard his direction. You haven't gotten his encouragement. You feel lonely. You feel like following Jesus has made life difficult because now you're not invited to that party. You're not, you don't have the friends you used to have. You feel like you're isolated or you're cast out. But Jesus says, see, I am doing a new thing. Shall you not know it? I will make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Can we cling to that this year, this season, tomorrow, this week? Guys, he is so good. Hebrews 4 says, approach the throne of grace with confidence and ask. His heart is so for us, guys. So us as athletes, we, we want to have a challenge. We want to have something to cling on to. Um, we, we, wanna, we want that challenge, that something that, that motivates us every single day. And so my first challenge, maybe this you already do this, maybe you don't, but I would challenge you to be in the word of God every day. Whatever you can chew, whether, whether it's a verse, a chapter, multiple chapters, be in the word of God every day. And I promise that he will stir up that desire for more of him. But my challenge after that is to recognize that God has a bigger purpose for you and on your team than just what you contribute on the field. I think this is a lie that we want to believe that, that when things aren't going well on the field, that our voice becomes mute. 
that we cannot speak life into our team when things aren't going well for us. Guys, I'm telling you that that junior year, that was the worst year I've ever had playing baseball. I don't think I have ever played worse. Um, oh, it was so bad. I laugh about it now because just just pales like it just didn't even matter in the grand scheme of things. But I think one of the fruits that I saw during that year was when you yourself are hurting, you notice others that are hurting. Sometimes we get blinders on when things are going well. We, we don't look around us to see, okay, who needs the love of God today? Who needs to feel his presence? And how can I contribute to that? Guys, God doesn't need to use us, but he chooses to use us because he loves us. So I would challenge you that whether things are going good or whether things are going bad, to look around you and see your teammates that maybe have their identity in the wrong place. You probably know that that teammate that after a bad game, they just are a different person. They don't want to talk to you. They're down. They feel like their identity has been ruined because that game didn't go well. So my challenge to you, one of the challenges to you is God has a bigger purpose for you than just what you contribute on the field. How can you show love to someone this this year, this season, tomorrow, by just offering an encouragement and walking alongside someone that needs it? Don't let the enemy shame you into silence to think that you have no influence just because maybe you aren't on the field. And if you are on the field, great. Take the blinders off and go find someone that needs it. It's a challenge every day, and every day we must renew our minds to, to wake up and accept that challenge. But as athletes, there's something in us that drives that challenge. We love that challenge. So don't let it be passive, and don't let that be the challenge that you choose to say no to that day. Find someone, choose to love them, and walk alongside with someone. Jesus, a, a relationship with Jesus is, is personal, but our relationship with others is the same way. We must cultivate that relationship. We can't just let it string along and think that it's going to grow. It's not. My second challenge to you guys is that God is way bigger and way more powerful than you can even imagine. Romans 8.11 says that the same power that lives in you raised Jesus from the dead. Let me say that again. The same power, the Holy Spirit that lives in you raised Jesus from the dead. And maybe you, did, maybe you didn't know that the Holy Spirit can live inside of you. Um, just a little background on the Holy Spirit. You can look up more if you want more information later. But when Jesus came to the earth, he was God's presence on earth. But when Jesus died and resurrected and ascended into heaven, he said, I will send my helper to you. And if you've heard of Pentecost, it happens in Acts. But God sends his helper, the Holy Spirit, down to earth to be his presence on the earth. And God says, I will never leave you without me. And so the Holy Spirit, we still have today. And if you've invited the Holy Spirit into your life, he lives inside of you. And if you've never done that today, I would encourage you to say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Invite the Holy Spirit into your life and feel the power of the Holy Spirit because the same power that lives in you and lives in me is the same power that raises Jesus from the dead. And I think I find so much that I like to put God in a box because I think if I put him in this box, then I can control him, that I can understand him. But the reality of it is, is that when I put God in the box, I limit him. And that is the last thing that I want to do because me by myself, I, 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 I can't handle it. I, there's nothing I can do on my own. We must allow the Holy Spirit's power and personal nature to be evident in our lives. And I promise that if you pray that prayer, God, fill me, take over. He will. 
<laughs> I think it's so countercultural specifically as athletes because we want to have our hand in the wheel at all times. We want to, you know, kind of direct the path and say, okay, God, you got this, but I'm going to like kind of backseat drive here a little bit. Guys, I would encourage you get out of the car, go sit in the back seat, kick your feet up and say, God, wherever you go, I'm going to, and I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. Whatever you have in store for me, whether it's easy, whether it's hard, I'm going to say yes to you today. But I think the, the first step to that is we have to take our hand off the wheel and say, okay, God, you got this. I think I've shared my testimony for those of you that have heard it, but I, I shared about how for most of my career, I tried to give God the glory, but I only gave him as much as I wanted to give him. And I think it wasn't until my fifth year that I finally said, okay, God, I'm done. Whatever you want from me, I guess baseball's not it. I guess I'll just be the teammate on the bench that, that gives you the glory. And I'll encourage my teammates however you let me. And it wasn't until that moment when I finally surrendered everything and I said, all right, God, I'm getting in the back seat. I guess I'm done. Is when he finally chose to use me. And it's not, you know, there's a, there's a difficult balance there because when he finally chooses to use me, don't get out of the car and get back in the front seat. It's, it's being along for the ride and saying, okay, God, I'm yours. I'm yours. My next challenge to you guys is that God is way more personal and his heart is for you. God is a personal, personal God, meaning that his heart and desire is to know you and have a relationship with you. He is not some impersonal God that stands far off, that has no desire to know you, has no desire to give you the, your hearts and desires. Let his personal nature show in your life. I promise you that if you get in the word and pray to him, God, there's power in prayer. God's been teaching me that one too. Whew. Could talk for a while about that one. But his nature is so for us, guys. Guys, why would an almighty, all-powerful, all-loving God, why, what, what need does he have with us? He doesn't have any need with us. He has a want for us. We are made in his image. We are made in the image of God. Why would he do that if he didn't, need, if he didn't want a relationship with us? So that's, that's one challenge for you. And my last challenge for you guys is that he wants your attention and your focus this year. I've mentioned it before, but I don't believe I fully let God work through me, like I said, until I took my hands off the wheel and sought to unconditionally serve him. Whatever I want for my life pales in comparison to what he wants for me in my life. Guys, it's not even close. It's not even close. And so this year, let this year be different. Let this year be the start of a change. Some of you guys have been playing this, this on again, off again, you know, kind of ghosting God and then coming back to him when you want. And you've done this for a long time. Guys, it's time to stop. It's not worth it anymore. I'm telling you that a, a relationship with Jesus is so much deeper and so much better than anything that you can do on your own. But you can't take my words for it. You have to experience that love for yourself. So get off, get off the merry-go-round and say, okay, God, I'm yours. I'm in the backseat. I'm saying yes. I'm being obedient. And I'm going to let you do something new in me. This is the year 2023 that I am going to get off of the sidelines. If, and if there's one thing that I could say to you guys that I haven't said already, and I know I ask everybody this at the end of the podcast, but I'm going to say it today, is that it's time to get off the sideline and get in the game. There is a fight raging on all around us, and there is a spiritual battle going on whether it's on your team, whether it's in your family, in your friend group, or in this country, there is a spiritual battle that is waging the war on our common sense and on our 
devotion for God. And it's time to put him back on the throne of our lives and to say, okay, God, I'm in the fight. What do you want me to do? And the first place we have to fight is on our knees in prayer. And then after that, it's loving the community around us and then saying yes to wherever else he leads us. We are being called out of our passive faith and into an active pursuit of Jesus. Let me say that again. We are being called out of our passive faith and into an active pursuit of Jesus. What does he want for you in 2023? What does he want for you this season? Does he want success? He might give you success. Does he want you to have that relationship? Does he want you to have that championship? Does he want you to have health? Maybe. Maybe he's going to give you that. But that is not what he wants from you. He wants you. He wants your attention. And so as you get into the game and you get into the fight, let me remind you of this. And this is what I'll leave you with today is that for what he has called you to, he has equipped you for. For what he has called you to, he has equipped you for. And guys, I don't believe anybody's listening to this that God has a small plan for them. That's not how he works. But it's our obedience that dictates how much he chooses to use us. Maybe God is calling you to something that, that you know it in your heart, but you, don't, you, you look to God and you say, God, I'm, that's not me. God, I, I, don't, I, that's, I don't know what you want for me. Like, I'm going to go this way. That's not me. He has equipped you for it. For every good work, God has equipped you. Start saying yes and stop saying no. 2023 will be the year of redemption. It will be the year that we take back truth. It will be the year that we take back fixing our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith. Guys, I love you. I'm praying for you every single day. I'm praying for your seasons. I'm praying for your health. I'm praying for your relationship with him, that it would grow abundantly and that it would spread like wildfire through your campuses. He is so, so good for us and his heart is so for us, guys. If you have questions and you, you want to know more, reach out to me, rsmets19 on Instagram. Share this with your friends. Give this to someone who needs it. I truly believe that God has big plans for us. And sometimes that big plans has one person or 10 people or 10,000. Who cares? But start saying yes. I love you guys. I hope you guys have a great week. I'll be praying for you as always. And we'll talk to you next time. For your